Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. It's another show. It's another show. Oh, another week has passed without the world ending. Uh, it, that's not really a given these days. Is no, it? no. That is actually an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, terrifying I, yeah, I always want to start the episode by... Should we sec- do a massive politics thing? We could. I just want to say... <laughs> <laughs> welcome not. to the last show. And yes. if it's not the last show, then there's then always a possibility of the bad show. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, I shall trans... trans- Transport us all away from this horror of real life with talking about computer game stuff. Where are we being transported Uh, Do you want to hear a tale of Maya and the tragedy of the commons, or do you want to hear the tale of a lifetime's ambition fulfilled? Uh, Tragedy of the commons is a very political thing. Okay, so I'm playing Elite Dangerous a lot at the moment. Okay. Uh, So this all came about with the engineers thing. I've been playing, this is not news to anyone who actually follows the game, but I'm I'm lumbering along with my usual self, catching up with, you know, six-month-old new features. Um, As you do. So you've got this thing in there called engineers, which is a sort of combination crafting and, I suppose, I don't want to call it questing, because that's probably a bit of an anathema to people who like sci-fi games, but it is essentially a group of specific NPCs who are scattered around the the known human space bubble the 400 light year sphere in which all the stuff is yes uh, and each of them has they have a series of contact requirements you have to have them referred to you by other agents some uh, other um, engineers sometimes some of the engineers will get in contact with you when you fulfill various achievement style criteria for example one of them one of them wants will get in touch with you if you hand in 100 bounty contact contracts okay. so you go off and you, you do enough. your combat zone stuff you accumulate those you hand them Sounds in for good. cash once you've done 100 of those this agent who specializes in multi cannon upgrades will contact you and then you have to go off and do some stuff and i think that so basically there's one that one achievement that you need to do to get them to talk to you another one is to unlock their actual engineering ability so that one then wants a hundred thousand credits worth of bounty vouchers given to him instead of cashed in after that he then opens up access in his little workshop you have to actually go to these places which is a bit fiddly you can't just do it all remotely so each time you want to upgrade your multi-cannons you have to fly halfway across the known space to his particular outpost these are all planetary surface outposts you do need horizons for this um, and then basically what follows is an interface where you can do basically a bunch of dice rolls on various stats to have the the particular multi-cannon in this case improved. It'll improve things like fall-off range or you can choose for a, an upgrade package that improves efficiency, various different ways to alter the stats and usually they come with downsides as well, some stats, power draw increases, mass increases, that kind of thing. And you can keep rolling the dice on, on what numbers you get with these. So, um, so, as long as you've got the required materials to have a go at the roll each time. And Sounds the materials good. come from all sorts of places, salvage when you blow blow ships up, or, or minerals on the surface of planets when you shoot the rocks with lasers, data scans of, 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 of other ships, or, or that kind of thing. Basically, all over the place, you've got these new materials or data that you can find and scoop which all goes into a separate inventory, and you use that as a kind of currency to, to work the upgrades. It's a sort of crafting mechanic, I suppose. Anyway, so one of these engineers is called Felicity Farseer, and she specialises in frameshift drives and power plants, and obviously those are very important if you're an explorer type of person. She won't even talk to you until you're a scout rank okay. uh, in the exploration gameplay Fair stuff, enough. which is that's relatively easy to do. You you, you get that by, by scanning planets and then travelling at least 20 light years and handing that data in. You universal cartographic stuff your rank goes up and so on so once you're a scout she then uh, invites you to come visit her and bring one unit of meta alloys 
as as the uh, unlock mechanic sort of thing yeah. to to get going with there. So I thought, all right, uh, yeah, that sounds interesting. And I, I'm I'm very much an explorer type. I like traveling long distances, and I think anything that can pimp my frame shift drive, which basically will allow you to travel further for less fuel and so on, is is good. Um, so meta alloys, meta alloys. Where are these? I'm checking all the various markets. Nothing. So in the end, I went and had a look online, wikis and stuff. We live in the age where no, there are no unique questions anymore. No, um, so got the meta. So worked out the meta alloys come from. Oh, right. So <laughs> meta alloys are sold at one outpost in the game called Dardanelles Progress, which is in the Mayor system, which is in the Pleiades. Now, ah. astronomy buffs out there may recognise the Pleiades as being a star cluster that's quite far away from from um, from here um it's a sort of nebula type of thing new stars being born there um it's approximately 500 light years away from earth um that's okay just crank up your uh, hyperdrive go yes yeah that's basically it so i thought right okay well we'll we'll head on out there and have a go um so i yeah i managed to get i'm so i'm in the diamondback scout at this point and i've got reasonably good i've got b grade frame shift drive in there so it's it's reasonably good reasonably powerful i can do 20 light year hops at the moment 19 to 20 or so uh it still took about three hours to get out there just jump scoop jump scoop jump scoop yeah. I, was, I was managing to survey stars each time as i went along the way eventually ended up in the pleiades and it's it's cool because you can see the the Pleiades as you're jumping towards getting bigger in the on the horizon oh, cool. in the skybox as you yeah. get there. And once you're in there, the skybox is a bit different. You've got this big blue haze everywhere and you can actually see the bright pinpoint stars all around you. So I mean that was something I always wondered because I'd never really gone very far in, in Elite Dangerous from you know the starting civilization. And um I was always wondering does the sky change? Does it take into account all this sort of stuff? And it seems to do so on short shortish relative uh, journeys like just a five hundred light year loop. But once you get out into a nebula and stuff yes the sky changes you you are in the nebula you see see them around you so that's quite nifty so I get to the Maya system, and hooray, they've actually got a star base, which was <laughs> making me worry a bit. So you get out into the Pleiades, and there's perhaps one or two star systems that have got facilities, got bases, and you are, you know, you will need a fuel scoop to get out there because there's nothing for, like, two, three hundred light years as you're jumping your way across the empty space and, and, and star systems that just have letters and numbers yeah. instead of actual names. Um, Insert content here. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's reasonable. I don't, think we, I don't think we've named that many stars. I mean... All the ones that you know from real life that are in the HIP and, H- and P- HPP catalogs and stuff, although all these sorts of stars that have names do have the names in the game, but obviously billions of stars in, in the galaxy and not all of them have actual names, so a lot of it is procedural generated sort of um, <laughs> gibberish names as you go through. So I get out there. There's a star star base there called uh, the Obsidian Portal. Nice. Which is quite uh, ominous. Anyway, dock there, and I find the the place is in a right old mess. So so for starters, you you dock and you think right, okay, time for refit, rearm, get 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 set up for uh, what we're doing out here. Half the star base systems are offline because of un- unidentified artifact interference. Oh yes, yes. So, so yes. this is this is a currently ongoing story thing. It probably to do with the Thargoids. Since the game started, there have been these unidentified artifacts that people have been trading basically as a sort of resource presumably as art deco object collectors objects or whatever or science objects whatever they've been being ferried around they, they are they are illegal in most jurisdictions they're contraband uh, and you can get make quite a lot of money tra- with uh, smuggler missions for the these various artifacts i think i'm sort of, sort of trying to piece together what went on here actually so basically what happens is people have been ferrying these all around and obviously the further you ferry these items the more money you get so yeah. if if you have a star base that's like 
600 light years away from all the other star bases <laughs> in the Pleiades, for example. <laughs> which people are going to anyway. Which people are going to anyway. Um, then why not take a massive cargo load of un- unidentified artifacts out there? Because you can really cash in when you get there. Genius. So, yeah, so you, you land, you dump your unidentified artifacts, you get your meta alloys, and you bugger off back to the main galaxy. Meanwhile, uh, later down the line, it turns out that suddenly these un- unidentified artifacts have all been activating. They've been... Um, and this manifests in various of the starbase facilities going offline. Things like the bounty hunting board, the, the universal cartographics that are unavailable. I think the market is generally unaffected, and possibly the missions. I'm not sure. I think the missions got screwed as well. Outfitting, repairs, rearm, refuel, all those things offline. Thanks, everyone. So I, I sort of did a bit of digging around and trying to work out what's going on. And it turns out that these, in one of the more recent uh, game updates, these unidentified artifact interference can be countered with the use of meta alloys which is the thing i went out there for in the first place yeah trouble is where do meta alloys come from well meta alloys come from barnacles Okay. Yes. Now these space are, barnacles. Space barnacles. Yes, very much so. So uh, again, in another sort of living world update thing, I've missed and just stumbled in. Though the the these things called barnacles have been found. They they exist on the surface of certain planets, and they literally. I I did actually get some video of this, so you'll have to be careful when you're editing to actually show some. I won't. But, um, <laughs> there was uh, yeah, they look like giant barnacles with the teeth, and they sort of sit as like a kind of pyramidal structure on the surface of planets, and they show up on your waves scanner thing as a certain type of blip and you're supposed to basically land on planets in nebulas i think they uh, they exist only in nebulas um so they only exist on systems that are in the pleiades they only exist on planets that have a certain metal content i think gravity and distance from the sun are relevant to um and do you know how i know all this because i looked it all up on the internet in the end ah. i had to go i had a little look around for myself and got nowhere found a few barrels of a couple of rocks with some interesting minerals and and nothing uh, nothing at all but um so you know many this is this is all going on over the course of about a week of gameplay and various yeah. sessions so in the end i've sort of gave up and thought right okay fine i'll i'll, I'll try and get some actual uh, some actual confirmed sightings and of course there are i think there's a, a player guild group uh, clan whatever they're called in elite dangerous but called canon systems or canon industries or something they're basically a kind of in-game science roleplay gang who, who've put together websites with a vast amount of, of hypotheses and technical <laughs> data and real science as well um and you can and and, and the, one of these is a, is a link to a google's Docs spreadsheet which has a list of cord surface coordinates for all the barnacles that have been found so far and it turns out they only exist in certain places they're, they're trying to put together a big old list of rule of thumb as to what planets are likely to have barnacles and it's just a right old mess anyway so after about four or five planets of of trying to rely on hunches and guesswork to try and find some barnacles i eventually looked one up off this spreadsheet and went directly there um only to find that i got there and hovering over it is an imperial battleship of some sort uh, which wasn't hostile, it just sat there, it didn't didn't aggress or anything. Uh, I managed to land underneath it and um, go and have a look around underneath, and I found a barnacle. It had a sort of central structure with the teeth on it, and then around the outside are a bunch of sort of spire things, and those spire things, according to screenshots and, and internet accounts, are supposed to have flowers on that you can shoot off, ah. pods, and those are the meta-analysts. Had it by any chance been harvested? It had been totally harvested, because there was an, uh, a capital sh- you know, a, um, superpower capital ship hovering over it. There was another one about 20 kilometers 
kilometers away another another giant uh, battleship from the anthony emp from the imperials um hovering over it and the 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 barnacle itself had nothing there so I'm, what i'm thinking is happening is that frontier developments are going hey thanks everyone for putting a big list of all the barnacles you found on a spreadsheet on the internet at the top of google uh, we're going to we're going to nerf each one that you list <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so, so every barnacle that I visited had a had a big uh, NPC battleship over it that didn't actually attack me or anything, but there was nothing to be had there. So I don't know where these meta alloys are coming from anyway, but it looks like in recent times they've added uh, just an infinitely spawning supply of 11 units per day per player at this one Dardanelles Progress outpost, mostly so that people can just get on with this engineer thing. I mean, I got to this system with the, with the thought of, I know, I can fix all this. Yeah. I can sort out this artifact interference, but it, I th- I'm guessing that the interference takes place on a one-to-one basis in other words you need one unit of meta alloy to counter one unit of unidentified artifact the, the process is known as ua bombing this is a real thing that people do just for giggles or to, as strategic as well if you dump enough universe un- unidentified artifacts on a system in a in a you know in a, in a base in a system that you want to try and lock up or gnarl up for power play reasons or whatever you can just totally screw them by dumping a whole load of these artifacts on there well, that oh. sucks. <clears throat> yeah, so I thought, well, uh, yeah, okay, so I could just buy 11 units of these things and take them to the other base and sell them and maybe... But I looked at the demand for meta-alloys, which I'm taking to mean how many meta-alloys do we need to fix this mess, and it was about 1,800. <laughs> <laughs> and also, when you buy the, the meta-alloys from the, the, the infinitely spawning base at 11 per, tw- per, per actual real-life day, um, you end up taking a massive loss when you sell them to stations that need them. <laughs> it's about a th- half price or a third of the price or something. So, uh, yeah. It was just a mess, and I thought, well, look, all it took was for people to agree that actually, we if we all share, if we all agree not to dump any UA, uh, you know, the artifacts here, we can all use the system's facilities and get on and do stuff and find things and play the game, and all, it'll all be great. Oh, but, but I will counter that with, or I could make money, or I could just dump a load of artifacts and bugger off, and it would be someone else's problem. And as long as I've made the money, and there, therein is the tragedy of the commons, and it's it's compacted as well because I got to this system and found that it was an anarchy system under control of a faction called the Ant Hill Mob. Um, uh-huh. And I don't think I've ever seen a faction control bar so high anywhere else in the game. And the, the relevant... There was a couple of different factions there, and the relevant... F- Federation, Empire, and Alliance factions who had token presence in there, they, all their influence was driven down to zero, and I'd never seen that anywhere else before as well. Which says to me that a whole load of players had seen it in their interests to drive, to keep this system lawless, yep. because if, it's, if, if the system has laws, suddenly UAs are contraband, and yeah. you can be scanned, and yeah. you can be shot at if you're carrying So what you're basically it. saying is, this is just capitalism working as designed. This is the invisible hand screwing everyone for a personal profit. Absolutely. It is the tragedy of the commons writ large in the stars of the future. And I thought I could do some missions for the Federation people, maybe bring the influence back up. And I thought, no, there's... And I, I did one or two and made no dent. And the yeah. day after, it was back down to zero again. And I thought, well, there's literally no point me trying this, because I am personally trying to combat the efforts of... 30 or 40 players or more just routinely driving this this anarchy system higher and higher into lawlessness because that way they can keep bringing the universal artifacts the the the, the uh, unidentified artifacts in it was a right old mess and that's something you really have to bear in mind and something i've learned as well in elite dangerous is that you cannot personally stand in the way of what the most what what players want to do in there you know it's, it is it is about numbers and you get you, you sort of forget that because I mean that's an obvious and evident truth in something like EVE Online where you hear about battles where 3,000 players descend on a system and just wreck it yeah. you can't stand up to that you can't be the space hero but I thought 
I thought it would be different in Elite Dangerous, wrongly so, because mostly because you only you you never see the other players. I'm playing in solo only mode. I imagine if you were playing in open play and you went anywhere near this one place in the entire universe that a large gameplay feature needs you to go to to buy a thing, you're just going to get ganked left, right, and centre. And yeah. you come into that system since you leave the star bases. Remember, if you're in an anarchy system, you don't. I'm not sure you even have no fire zones around the bases. As soon as you come out of that letterbox, you're going to get blown up. I imagine, and no one will care because it's an anarchy system. That's fine. Anarchy, no laws. Well, it's basically a perfect. You don't even have the speeding law when you're coming into dock in an anarchy system. You can go as fast as you like it off the pad. But yeah, so you got a sort of twofold, twofold tragedy of the commons thing going on there. Is that? But they sort of cancel. It's it's a weird, ironical situation. No one wants to keep the star bases available for everyone. No one wants to work together for that. But everyone seems really determined to work together to keep the system lawless. It's it's odd. Yeah, you got this sort of cooperation, but not cooperation going on there. I don't know if that's what's going on. It's very hard to it's see. It's probably just the guild effects. there who's using it. To, I don't know uh, to uh, farm people. I had a look. I went and did some research on forums, and apparently, this is not the first time these systems, of these star bases around this system, have been UA bombed aggressively. Either. Apparently, there a number of times in the, in the past over the last year, there have been organised attempts to repair these star bases by getting the right materials in there and sold. And you know, within 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 a week or so, someone's just turned up in a massive hauler and yeah. <laughs> profited personally immensely through somebody else's hard work by recreating the demand. And and just yeah, yeah. Which makes me think that that mankind is doomed and that we're all going to just tend towards uh, oblivion and entropy um, That's as, very true. as fast as possible, yeah, as long as we true. personally get the best out of it. Yeah, yeah. Look up the actual the, the, the tragedy of commons on Wikipedia if you've no idea what I'm talking about. It's this to do with grazing rights on 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 pasture land, basically. Yeah. If you have a hundred farmers with a hundred cows each, then the, the pasture can only support fifty thousand cows or whatever basically yes it basically it's selfishness versus cooperation um and written large in the stars but that's fine in the end i looked at all that and i, I had a beef half-hearted attempt to try and you know personally fix it all realized the futility of it all got my one unit of meta alloys and buggered off back to the main galaxy on the way back i took a mission to transport a load of cloth to a nearby base and because there are only a few systems out there a lot of the nearby bases are back in the main galaxy yeah. so i picked up a courier mission for Six units of cloth that paid about 500,000 credits because I took them back to the main galaxy. I was going that way anyway. And I had about 300,000 credits worth of survey data on the way back as well, which was nice. So basically it was a profitable trip. It was Yeah, I got got what I needed. I talked to Felicity Farseer and gave her my one unit of meta alloys and unlocked that. And yeah, basically a lot of dice rolling later. You can work up to about five ranks of, of upgrades and the rank five ones are quite powerful. Each time you buy an upgrade, you increase a little XP bar and eventually you do buy enough level one upgrades and you access to level two upgrades and so on all the way up to five and and at some point during that they also refer you on to other engineers as well which is nice and also there was another engineer got in touch with me because i had finally traveled over 300 light years from my start location and that was difficult because i think nowadays the start the tutorial the beginning is a bit different and you actually have a career choice and you have a, a starting location i can't even remember where my character started so that was quite tricky working out how to get 300 light years from my start location when yeah. i had no idea where that was <laughs> just pick um, a direction to go 300 yeah, exactly. that work to another well, yeah exactly going to the pleiades guarantee is guaranteed to put you three over 300 light years away from every system in the known human bubble as it were and that opened up access to another engineer so that was good so yeah now i'm back on the the diamondback scale i'm getting to the point where that's nearly mostly all the way up a, a grade upgraded i tried some conflict zone stuff oh, that's hard work 
very um very uh, hit and miss that you basically drop into a, a big ongoing battlefield and in your little settings side menu you can choose a faction and yeah. as soon as you choose one half the half the people fighting go go green and half of them go red and suddenly it's on and it's just this massive sort of 30 ship furball and it's 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 there's a real skill to doing well in there. Obviously, if you if you kill once you've declared for a side and you kill enemy ships, you go and get combat bonds, which you can go and cash in and and gain. That improves your your fighty rank thing and also improves the faction and you get money for them. But it's you if you get if you draw aggro from the entire cloud in there, you're gone. You're in, yeah. in so quick as well, you don't get time to get out. So it's very much a question of trying to use the allied ships there to sort of distract and then nip in, shoot a bit, try and get a few killing shots. A lot of kill stealing going on basically quite intense quite quite uh i need to do a bit more fitting tweaks to my to my ship and more get, guns more well shields. it's getting rid of modules you're not actively using at the time i mean the times i got killed in these combat sites i had to a survey scanner and a cargo hold and you know the, basically any any strip off any module that is no use to you in the active fight replace it with with internal hull structure reinforcement yeah. things you know they're, they're basically internal bays you can just fit with hull reinforcement packages which you, just, you take that expanding foam and just spray yeah, it yeah yeah <laughs> just, just filling it fill, fill the back back of the ship with polyfiller and and you're good to go it basically just gives you a load more hit points and you can't do much else with it and that's fine that's exactly what you need you don't need cargo bays and and, and surface detail no, you, you just need to really take that one hit that otherwise you would have died on yeah yeah and you're just buying time to get clear really because yeah. like i say these 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 sort of conflict zones are crazy but you can manage them you can learn the flow and the the, the sort of the, the 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 way the pace of it all how it all works but yeah i think i'm getting close to the upgrade on the next ship now i think oh, it'll, it'll be a type six next which is your first are you the selling f- the old ships um yes okay yes so i mean i don't really it'd be nice to keep them but then again that's gonna be expensive well i think this the larger your ship you're the more capability of earning you have so eventually you get quite far up into pythons and things and you can just go and buy a spare viper if you yeah. need one that kind of thing no I, I don't try and keep it all a bit lean i don't have to try and oh you can i i did, did try the transfer my equipment thing that works well yeah. um so i went out to the pleiades with my discovery scanner and didn't have room to take the surface vehicle buggy thingy along okay so i left that where i was got out to there and i think i had to pay about seven thousand credits to have it oh, transported about about 500 light years and it took about two hours so what you're saying is it's cheaper and faster <laughs> to transfer a buggy than it is to deliver cloth Yes, yes, and I don't know who's doing this stuff. Yeah. Who's picking up these really <laughs> poorly paying missions? But it's not me. <clears throat> Those aren't actually player missions. That's all just just magic, basically. But yes, you can have any piece of equipment take moved to anywhere you are in the galaxy, and and it's really quite a nominal fee as well. I mean, I, like I say, the, the Pleiades is a massive distance, but you can it's like seven thousand credits. And it's good. That, that was a, a two ne- hour cooldown, and then it was available for refit. So. That was a, a needed feature. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to because uh, yeah, and stuff like the Diamondback Scout you don't have many internal base you have to sort of mix and match depending on what you're doing and you can't have it all with you all the time um I, presumably the ship ferrying thing works in a similar manner as well there is a facility in there to have ships i would imagine that's probably you. more expensive yeah probably and perhaps a longer cooldown. but entirely reasonable entirely yeah. reasonable if you move you want to be able to move your ships yeah, yeah well at least you can move the gear so you take the discovery scanner while you're traveling and then you have the bits you need when you get there the mining gear or the surface buggy moved when you when you move yeah when you get there yeah so yeah that will work well um so yeah now i've got uh, a pimped frame shift drive um and the trouble is that's a b grade one that's been pimped to 20 light years and when i upgrade it to an a i probably ne- will need to- you can't transfer the mods so yeah. i will have to go back and visit her yeah. again and get get yeah. another mod done but you know that's not a problem so you're then gonna have to go back out to 
No, 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 no. Once you've unlocked the, okay. the meta alloy, that's it. That's done. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, god, no. <laughs> you don't have to go off to the Pleiades every time you want to visit her and talk to her. No, no. Once you've done the initial introductory tasks, you can just turn up there at any time with the materials. So, for more the importantly, so that's all done. Did you bring me one back? Uh, no. No, okay. you can go. You can go and get them yourself. Fine. Anyway, I th- I, the journey was fantastic. I haven't. I've, I'm not. I mean, I did a lot of exploration in the early days, and I think so. If you check on various sites that log first discoveries, you find my name on quite a lot of quite a lot of stuff there. But, but there was never any destination, never any reason yeah. to go. You could just point and go, uh, make your own, make your own entertainment. But it's nice to have a really, you know, really long journey you can sink your teeth into, and and it didn't take nearly as long I, as I was expecting. I do like travelling in that game. Yeah, but there's a reason to go out there and see things, and there are things to see out. There. There, these barnacles, the, the 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 new sky box, you know, the, the, the just just a different and interesting. You know, I mean, there are other nebulas nearby. There's this Colonia place, which is a current large-scale ongoing community goal currently, which is a new hub. I think I talked about it on a previous show. A new hub that's trying to be set up, and that's about a thousand light years from known space okay. from Earth. And you can see it, you know, half you know, way away. I think it's, yeah, it's a long long old hall, but you can do it. Reasonable frame shift drive with a. 20 light year jump and fuel scooping you, you get there reasonably in, in yeah. a reasonably good fashion there are things called neutron highways I, I stumbled across this when i was just doing some general surfing apparently there are certain types of star that when you when you when you frame shift drive from their corona give you a massive leap in in distance I, I yeah you have to look for that yourselves dear dear, dear listener because um i don't really understand what that's about but apparently there is a sort of proto network of neutron highways around the galaxy that actually okay speed speed travel considerably so i'd not heard of this i think it really does pay to keep an eye on the galnet news in game and also they got website equivalent as well because a lot of these big things for example the clues on how to find the barnacles and what was going on with that they were all in the galnet news at the time apparently only it's very difficult to scroll back and find articles I re- I remember from six months ago the story when the barnacles were found yeah I mean, it's not it's not just random discovery this barnacle things is insanely difficult to find just by chance so there must have been clues and i think the clues generally are given out in the in-game law and the in-game news you need to pay attention they, they really are playing a sort of deep and long plot game with this whole artifacts thing the whole meta alloys is really interesting really interesting to see yeah it's not just you know space trucking from one star system to another there's there's stuff going on yeah. in there and yeah it's interesting to see so yeah so there we go that's that's my uh, my big inter- interstellar journey I'm going to have to start playing that, aren't I? Mm, I am surprised you're not back in there. Actually. Yeah, I need to get Seems back to all in. going on. I might get back in there this week. Yeah. Why don't you talk for a bit? I'm going to talk a bit about the game I've been playing a lot this week. Okay. A bit this week. Yeah. Um, last year, if you remember, Quantum mm. Break. Quantum launched. Break, yeah. And I, due to having taken the move of making my Xbox One less useless and attaching an external hard drive so I can actually put some damn games on it. Oh, right. I, I've now installed uh, Quantum Break and it was just sitting there and I thought, why not? Is this an uh, Xbox exclusive thing? Xbox and Windows 10. Okay. Cross-play. Right. So I got, I bought it, and I've got it on my PC and the Xbox. Mm. But, yeah, it's just nice to be able to play a game Sunday morning when you wake up. Yeah. Like getting out of bed where it's cold. <laughs> First world problems. I know. Uh, literally. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Quantum Break. It's a third-person um, shooty covery game. Okay. Um, we're starring uh, Sean Ashmore, who, in case you don't know, is the uh, forgettable one from the cast of Forgettable People in the X-Men movies. <laughs> it's an X-Men extra. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's also Aidan Gillen in it. No idea. Who, who's the man with the wandering accent from Game of Thrones. Oh, yes, yes. yes. His accent in this does wander. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm thinking it's not a stylistic choice in Game of Thrones. <laughs> 
<laughs> not that I've watched Game of Thrones for a couple of years because I got bored of it. But yeah, I, think uh, I stopped watching it before his accent started going all over the place. So who knows what yeah. that was about? It's got Mary Andor Pippin in it. <laughs> one of the one of the lesser hobbits. <laughs> no, he's okay. got some famous ish. Well, yeah, he's got some people from in major, the scope of voice major acting major blockbuster games. TV shows and films. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I can mock as much as I want. Uh-huh. Uh, the Lord of the Rings is massive. Yeah. Game of Thrones is probably the biggest TV show, and the X Men films, despite doing badly are still better than most we're probably never going to get ian mckellen and vigo mortison no no so yeah it's got a good cast let's say okay, that not a great cast it's not, it's not basically an adequate cast it's, yeah it's, it's a cast of names okay uh names you may even know so this is starting to sound like it's got quite cinematic pretensions then and the representation of the people in the game is fantastic okay. they look like them ah uh we've we've seen it before with uh some of the um uh, old mad French guys film, uh, games. Um, the the one with the kid and the heavy rain and heavy rain. Like uh, but the ones after that, which was I forget what that was called. Oh, B- so beyond I. two souls or whatever it's called. Right. Yeah, that that had uh, Willem Dafoe in it, and okay. Willem Dafoe looked fantastic. Mm. Uh, He's got quite a distinctive looking head anyway. He really does have a distinctive looking face. Mm. Uh, and, and this, you you can when the person comes on screen, you think, oh, it's that, it's that actor. Oh yeah, and that's always a nice touch. Well, that's, that's always a big thing with tie-in games. I mean, I remember that was that James Bond thing that was on the consoles with Pierce. Which Brosnan one? In. Oh, the uh, everything or nothing. Yeah, it could be. I mean, there was Pierce, Pierce, um, William Defoe was in that as well, and they had gone to quite a lot of lengths to make him actually look recognisable. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 when when you put the effort in and you know graphics as they are now. You can make people look like they look, which makes you wonder why bother. I mean, are we not? Are we getting to the point where we might see a return of, of live action stuff? That bunker thing, for example. Ah, oh. We will get to that. Mm, okay, right. we will definitely get to that in a second. <laughs> mm. Quantum Break is a return to this live action stuff. Okay, but yeah, uh, with all the face puppy, um, uh, Kevin Spacey in uh, uh, Call of Duty a couple of years ago. Mm. Again, fantastic. You you get a good actor. Yeah, you face map them properly. Yeah, so they actually can do a performance. And we're getting to the point now where that performance doesn't look too computer. Still not quite there. So that almost you almost get to the point where you can start to get procedural people. I suppose you, if you map enough of an actor's mannerisms and have a decent, well modelled enough skeleton underneath it in in you know in the animation and so on, you could effectively auto generate live action footage of actors dynamically. Yeah. yeah. And have them speaking if which, you say which use means the technology that, that uh, uh, which Adobe will introduce. I suppose will lead to games like, uh, I think, Uncharted and Tomb Raider and stuff, but where you're actually controlling live action actors because we've managed to work out how to generate their movements in real time yeah. as cinematic rather than 3D model graphics type stuff, you know? Yeah, and, and, I, and that's going to be weird. That's going to be interesting. I don't think we're very far off that. Um, Essentially, live action puppeteering of a sort. Oh, wow. Just had a bit of a glimpse of a future there, Brainwave. But it'll happen, and it'll happen relatively soon. Mm. And it's not particularly a bad thing. Uh, but it's all the performance. Uh, more importantly is, you know, you get in a good actor who can do a good performance. Well, like, and then yeah. you've got a good actor doing a good performance in your game. Mm. And that's something you can't really sniff at. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, always 
good. Um, well, especially if you take that good actor and if you've mapped enough of their their performance, you probably don't need that actor anymore because you could generate. Oh, uh, there there, there, there are rights <laughs> issues. You are allowed to just use. Yeah. Uh, Unless they're dead, then you can do whatever well, you want. Even we, though we that... do see that in films, yeah, sort of CG mock-ups of people who didn't they CG Vincent Price in the Star Wars thing. Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. I get them mixed up. And that. Carrie Fisher before she was even dead. Really? Yeah. Wow. What's the need for that? Uh, oh, Car- Carrie Fisher did not look like she was 17 anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, Interesting. It, futuristic convergences, though. It is, isn't it? It's fascinating. Mm. Um, anyway, it looks good. The game looks good. Yeah, I mean, it's a modern yeah, game. what's the game, game like? <laughs> yeah, we should, yeah, talk, uh, the shooting's okay. Yeah. Uh, you have superpowers. You're basically, it's about time. A time experiment has gone wrong. Okay. So you have the ability to freeze time in an area. or you, Oh, this is sounding a bit Max Payne. Sort of, yeah. Mm. Or you can uh, uh, you put up a time barrier so that bullets stop and things like that. Okay. And the low-end puzzly things that you need to do. Like there's a one point where you know, you've got the ability to uh, do a sort of dash zoom, so move forwards really fast. Yeah. And there's a bit where you push a button on the gate, but the gate closes before you can get through it. Oh, yeah. So what do you reckon the solution to I've that is? I've seen that puzzle before. What do you reckon the solution to that puzzle is? Push the button, use your dash power, go through no, the gate. No, use the button, use the freeze time on the gate and not use the dash button, which really annoyed me because I was using the dash button and it wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, always make sure your puzzles can be solved through all of the available tools that you have that look like they should be able to solve it. Intuitivity, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, you uh, basically you uh, get invited along to see an experiment for reasons which aren't entirely clear. <laughs> uh, it all, when it all goes horribly wrong, you get made to be the bad guy. And uh, then you have to uh, run along and try and solve the problem and sort stuff. Okay. Now, there's moral choices. Oh. Well, sort of moral choices. It's weird. The first one you get, yep. uh, you, you, you're playing as um, Iceman from uh, uh, the X-Men. And then you um, get to a bit. Then it cuts and you're playing as Littlefinger from uh, Game of Thrones. And then you have to make a choice. Do you kill this person or do you make them read a media statement? And the two different ways will play out differently. Okay. And apparently the game and also the cutscenes, shall we shall we, shall we charitably call them cutscenes <laughs> at this point, we'll, which we'll get to in a second, uh-huh. will play out differently. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. There's a bunch of these uh, all the way through, uh, one per act, I think, which is nice because it does look like the plot does noticeably change. I haven't, I've only done one of them so okay. far. I'm, only, I'm not through so to the end. But... actions you're taking have a kind of agency yeah. to change how things happen. Yeah. And so, you know, if this uh, person gets killed, then they're not around to help you. But if this person is still around, they can help you and, yeah. Uh, but you'll become more of a uh, hated person. And it's, it's interesting. I don't know. I need to play it twice, basically, is what I'm saying. Well, that's usually the reason to put that kind of stuff in. Is yeah. as a, People tend to then t- pick that up and run with it as a kind of, I need to see all the content. And so there's the good playthrough and the bad playthrough. Yeah. And then you get to the yeah. end of the act. Mm-hmm. And it says end of act. And then, boom, yeah. episode. What? TV episode. Oh, blimey. Um, yeah, it basically turns into a TV show for a bit. So you then spend 20, 30 minutes watching a TV show. Uh, wow. I, I'm just 
immediately thinking of your 90-minute cutscenes from your Metal Gear. Yeah, they, they did cross my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Well, thank, thanks for interrupting my gaming session with some television. Um, yeah, yeah. And so you, then I you can have... see that would be quite unwanted, to be honest. They couldn't tell this story during the game as narrative? Well, no. The it, more it traditional cutscenes? To be fair, it does work really well for giving a lot of nuance to the story. Mm. Um a car chase in a TV show is a lot more interesting to watch than a car chase in a game, for instance. Unless you're driving. Unless you're, well, even if you are driving, because you don't see what anyone else is doing, what's going on. I suppose, on. yeah, yeah, fixed and, viewpoint. And also you can't have in a... Uh, if, in this case, you have this car chase, and in the end the person gets captured because yeah. they can't escape. Right. In a game, that you just end up thinking, oh, that's not very fun. That, this Restart, is, this yeah, is rigged. try again. This Re- is rigged, right. I'm not allowed to do anything. Yeah. But in a, uh, a TV oh, if it's show, a TV it's a show, yeah, the difference between a game forcing yeah. you down a it's removing the agency. or delivering a story, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, a, it, yeah. it's an interesting problem, and it does do quite a lot of it quite well. I've, I've got quite a lot of um, plot from watching a video in it, and... It's given a lot of subtlety to the game, which most games don't end up with. I suppose it's more about expectation management. If you know that that's coming, if you know that it's part TV show, part computer game, then you've got some, some sort of, yeah, you're sort of used to it and you're not quite as yeah. suddenly thrown off the rails when it drops into a 42-minute <laughs> cutscene. There, there are yeah. one or two problems. Mm. You, you know how I said it's got this nice-ish cast full of people from really big properties? Yes, they don't appear to be trying that hard. Oh, uh. and it doesn't appear to be directed that well, and the production budget's a little bit low. And mm. so this yeah. is the destiny problem that that poor old um, Peter Dinklage seemed to have caught most of the rap for. I, I think it's a, it's more defiance problem. Defiance problem, right? He, you know, he's doing exactly the same thing as defiance did. You know, yeah. the, the old MMO, which uh, is that still yeah, going? It's still going. Yeah. yeah, which had a TV show, which I don't think is still going. No, that's it? not still going. It, it, it lasted three seasons uh, and then stopped. But they they were left with an MMO that yeah. <laughs> they didn't really know what to do with. That seems to be still going. Apparently, they've done their own internal season four yeah. mini events and things. Well, but... well, this was always going to be a TV show for uh, Quantum Break, apparently, and then mm. Microsoft's TV plans got quite. Oh, so this was a, a defiance mixed media type of thing. Yeah, and then it just became one, one part of it died uh, off. Yeah, yeah. and it, interestingly, there's so much video in this game that it streams it off the internet when you play. You can do a 70 gig download for it, yeah. for just the video. Oh, yeah. Or it'll just stream it'll it. Stream. Play, which, okay. when you think about it in today's day and age, that's not a bad idea because you've only got the size of a Blu ray. Most people are up to that kind of capacity with watching Netflix and whatever yeah. anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you. you, you um, you have this really, really low-rent TV show, which feels like a sci-fi original, yes. basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know exactly I know, what I, I mean by that. Yeah. Uh, also, the, uh, a weird thing. Mm. A, a guard's uniform in a computer game yeah. can look fine in the computer game, yeah. but when you see them in real life, yeah. God, they can look a bit stupid. <laughs> So we're sort of looking at both sides of the uncanny yeah. valley and yeah. waving at each other across it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an opposite uncanny valley. <laughs> Approaching the uncanny Which valley from the wrong end. Well, wow, okay. Uh, it sounds like an experience. Um, does it necessarily enhanced by the sort of format? No, or I think it does. would you prefer um, just a really solid story-based shooter? I think it does enhance it, and yeah. I think it uh, does make it a better game. It's just I'm not entirely sure the concept... Is something that should be repeated. Are we going to see stuff? Yeah, exactly. Is this is this heralding a new direction for the, I, I the don't genre like, as a whole? I or? don't like half an hour of video watching Does this feel when like I'm a... just expecting to be running and gunning. Yeah, yeah. Watching TV and playing computer games are, for me, two separate 
Yeah, that's separate for me as well. Things. And I never do the latter. You know? <laughs> I just spend all my time playing games and I don't really watch telly much. In yeah, general. and, you know, I would of, get annoyed, I think. Because yeah. the way this was, you know, I found myself checking my phone as, as this yeah, uh, yeah. episode was playing out because Got it off wasn't. washing up while it finishes. Yeah. It wasn't as engaging <laughs> as the game was. <laughs> I'm, here to, I'm here to play computer games, not watch telly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've still not said how good the game is, have I? Mm. The game plays reasonably well. So what do they do anything useful with this time mechanics and your superpowers then? Is it an interesting thing? Or oh, there's a couple... Is there's, it just weird fluff in getting in the way of cover base shooting? Yeah, there, there's some interesting stuff. There's you know, uh, there's one point we need to get through. There's a bunch of... There's a wooden barrier uh-huh. and a heavy thing so suspended above it. I need to get through the wooden barrier. So what you do is you shoot out the, uh, uh, the hoist, drop down the heavy thing, smash the wooden barrier, climb over. Right. Then, you, when you climb around, you need to go across that old wooden barrier. So you have to wind time back. So you can wind time yeah. back for a couple of seconds and run across. It does Dagger. quite a lot of that kind of stuff. Which Dagger is of nice, magical sand. Which is yeah. nice. I like it. Yeah. Um, although I did swear the second time it happened. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, it interesting. It's yeah. interesting. It does interesting things. And I like, you know, it's got the superpowers and the interesting superpowers to a certain extent. Mm. You, you're definitely not the uh, uh, ultimate marine who is just killing everyone without any consequences you, yeah. you you're not that great with shooting but then yeah the shooting's a little bit janky yeah because but I, I i'm okay with that because you're not meant to be well there's a yeah superhero it's, it's there's a thing. difference between a bad shooting physics engine and model and stuff and bad shooting on purpose because it's not meant to be call of duty yeah, it's not yeah I, I don't gun. it's not bad shooting it's just not great shooting but yeah, then again yeah. i've just been playing a lot of great shooting Recently, yeah. so I think yeah, I, I can get away with that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, there's a gratuitous Alan Wake were reference by yeah. the same people, okay, right? <laughs> which is the reason why I got it basically because uh-huh. yes, by it, it's the rule. If, if a team you really like, a studio you really like, does a game that you like, then just buy the next game because yeah, it's yeah. bound to be something oh, you will enjoy. And I don't regret buying this; it's just not an outstanding game. But when well, I think about back to it, will you buy the next game? Alan off Wake, the back of this, Alan Wake was not an outstanding game; it was an interesting game. Yeah, and this is an interesting game, and I will buy the next game. Off the back I of think this. it's good that people are trying these sorts of mechanics, these new new tweaks and and things. Otherwise, yeah, we just end up with a very very sort of samey derivative genre at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I reckon it's worthwhile and interesting. Cool. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk about a life. Long ambition fulfilled. I finally finished Legendary Cartographer in Guild Wars One. Wow, <coughs> it was it was everything now. I hoped. Yeah, um, yeah. I, well, I've talked a little bit about Guild Wars One on previous show, um, but yeah, sort of coincidentally, after just after we did all that show, the week late, the Monday after that, we managed to finish the entire Vanquish. No, not the entire bank. The the Guardian title track for Tyria, which was all of the missions in hard mode for the Prophecies campaign. Well, I thought we were going to take weeks and weeks doing the last two, but it turns out we're either a lot more a lot more competent and powerful than we thought, or they've nerfed the game since I've been doing it in normal mode. Because I remember Abaddon's Mouth and Hell's Precipice, the two last missions, being really difficult, really hard work, and taking multiple blows yeah. to get right in normal mode back in the day. But we managed to blast through. I don't know if we wiped and had to retry, or but it was a probably an early wipe and, and straight back in but we managed to do them pretty much in one hit um, and also the last mission in particular Hell's Precipice has I don't want to rant on about the story particularly but it has it has a primary objective which is to go and sort the thing out and do the thing hooray kill the boss whatever 
and that's relatively easy but then it has this bonus objective which you need for both swords for, for hard mode completion and the title track and the bonus objective is to <clears throat> basically you have to go and talk to an NPC who's off to one side and then go and kill some extra bosses and the extra bosses are fine but the NPC is under attack the moment you, they come into radar range Okay, you can see them in the distance with, with a monster stood next to them and if you get near enough that monster starts wailing on them and of course hard mode the NPC doesn't get any extra hit points or levels so that monster who stood next to him will just kill it yeah and that's uh, so that that means that you have to almost build specially for it and make a real dash straight in to try and sort of taunt the uh taunt the monster off the npc before it can they can kill them otherwise because you you could still go off and do the the bonus bosses but it won't count because you haven't been given permission to do the bonus objective yet. yeah yeah <clears throat> um so that I was a- oh I, I remember back when mm. uh uh, Warhammer Online was going to fix that. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, yeah they never yeah, did. Yeah, but um, now we got in. I think I think Multi managed to use his Eben Vanguard Assassin, which is a, a, a sort of either North PVE skill, which you cast on a t- on an enemy and a, a, a level twenty Assassin NPC will just a- appear out of a puff of smoke and immediately start attacking them on the spot. Okay, so that that's that was excellent for sort of drawing the initial aggro away from the NPC, and we managed to get in, get it killed, get the bonus, went on, did it all. It's good stuff. Oh, fantastic. And that finished me with 99.9% uh, Tyrion <laughs> bank, uh, cartographer as well. So I went... One well, pixel. I know, one pixel somewhere else in the world. So we went off to, oh, I think it was somewhere up in northern Shiver Peaks, um, Ice Grotto, somewhere somewhere around there. Anvil Rock, I think. There was a bit of edge I hadn't finished. So I went long, scraped that, and ding-ding! Yay! It. There was a game-wide broadcast and a random stranger sent me a congratulation. <laughs> I was so pleased! I, 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 I replied, thanking them and stuff. But I got... I got legendary skill hunter like five three to five years ago not a thing nothing game wide no. broadcast no one cared but but legendary cartographer if i do say so myself is quite an achievement because it took it takes a lot of work you literally have to scour every every square mile of that game's pv overland content to get it so you can't say you have been to everywhere in that game uh except some of the eye of the north that's on a different track we're going to do okay. that we're going to do that later that's fine i'm, I'm but, not impressed but yes i yes. was impressed for well i've been everywhere in all three of the basic campaigns remember legendary is the cartographer from Canther, well, from Nightfall, from Prophecies, and from Factions. So, yeah, I got the whole thing. I did a slash age, which is the chat text command that you can type in to get oh, some I stats game back. Then. Yeah, yeah, you don't seem to see that much now. No, because uh, it makes people have a, a cold, hard look at their life <laughs> exactly. and reevaluate whether yes. or not they should go see their family. And apparently, I've spent my, I've spent just under I've been playing Guild Wars for just under two thousand hours, uh, so one thousand nine hundred thirty something, uh, over the last hundred and. 31 months which is about 11 years what's that in quantum break cutscenes <laughs> don't know i'd have to have to work it out but but basically yes it has taken me 11 years and 2000 hours of actual in-game gameplay to get this thing ticked off obviously if i was going at it i mean they didn't even add the the, the title bars until about five years in so <laughs> three to five years in but obviously i could have done that much quicker if i'd have really gone at it but i've enjoyed yeah. my time in there i've been meandering pottering and it's only in the last sort of year or two i've been seriously trying to push at that to get it ticked off because i'd realized how far along i'd gotten it but yeah so um <laughs> it's it's a sort of life it's a bucket list item i've ticked yeah. off that yeah. impresses only really myself um <laughs> i remember you mentioned it many years ago on the show yeah yeah mentioning how insane it was now i'd never get it done yeah. but here i am so what now yeah well it's the either north mastery of the north title track which incorporates 
incorporates the map completion and also the vanquishing so we chip away at that and do some of the dungeon stuff um we still need to finish off the hard mode missions in factions and nightfall the the guardian title track so legendary guardian will involve finishing all of the missions of bonus and hard mode objectives in hard mode uh, and we're about a third the way there with quite a lot of them done on the other campaigns as well so still more to do in guild wars but um <laughs> remarkably yeah i know 131 months later um yeah i just sort of it's i know it's, it feels odd because it's been there and it's, it's been a sort of thing i've been chipping away at for so long you know i mean i stopped playing guild wars and started playing guild wars you know on and off uh, over a long period of time and now i've finally done that yeah i don't have to load, load the uh so yeah so pro tip for anyone doing this you need a, a little utility called umod which is a replacement for text mod which is an old outdated utility which allows you to swap game assets on a client side end only so yes you could conceivably use it to make all, all players look naked but what actually be the best plan for it is to use uh there's an if you search around for 100 percent cartographer maps on guild wars on google you'll find various downloadable art that you can that the previous 100 percent cartographers have done which allows you to then swap the to one of the map textures with that texture and which then shows up allows you to see the differences between the i have been here layer yeah. and the i have not been here layer Pro- the big problem with cartography is that the i have not been here layer which is what you'll see if you open up the world map yeah. on a new character um is very fuzzy but also very similarly colored and textured to the ah, i have yeah. been here layer which is what you've seen if you've done 100 percent cartography so what you're saying is there's a ui exploit you can use yes basically i am cheating the arena net are fine with this one because it doesn't modify it doesn't do anything to the server you're just modifying a local file with and those would be mad enough to actually do it well quite i, I mean i presumably before well, this whole system only works if you can download somebody else's i have been everywhere map to to, to swap in with your own so basically somebody somewhere must have done cartographer the proper way to begin with and quite quite a lot of people i imagine but yeah it, it, otherwise different you could potentially print screen and use difference filters in in photoshop or paint.net or whatever you know you're you're really hunting for pixels at this point because yeah. i mean if you just go through the story as as delivered doing the things required to finish the campaign you'll probably end up with about 80 percent of the map completion about uncovered high. anyway yeah it takes you through most of the areas there are a lot there are a couple of zones you never get to go through under it for any reason except pure curiosity but but mostly you will find yourself traveling through most of the most of the, the world we'll get to about 75 percent of, un, of opened up map just by doing the campaigns the campaigns yeah. are quite lengthy and extensive and do have quite a lot of travel now go here travel type stages um yeah so i don't know i just thought i'd mention that on a on a podcast in which yeah. i talk about things i've done in gaming because uh, it's a big thing i've done in, in my gaming and i'm gonna have to replace that with another bucket list item now oh uh, what's that gonna be i don't know i have to have a thing um obviously the finish all the missions in hard mode that's that's still to do so yeah i don't know maybe some guild wars 2 related thing i don't know if there's quite the cachet quite the 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 aspiration in certainly in myself when it comes to guild wars 2 tasks of a similar nature there are a lot of bonkers long run tasks in guild wars 2 legendary weapons and so on various achievements and stuff but i don't know if i've quite got the same level of buy-in and commitment the same same yearning to to do those things and engage with them but then that's Guild Wars two versus Guild Wars one all over for me. Really, it's it's always fluffier, always less less meaningful. I don't know. So yeah, there we go. A legendary cartographer, go me. Yay! Way, yay! It's a massive success and well done. And um, I hope you <laughs> yeah, feel like right. you've sp- uh, spent the last ten years of your life. Uh, yeah, don't do that. Right, why don't you talk about a thing instead? 
Okay, uh, when I pl- turned on my PlayStation yes. today, uh, it gave me a message saying, uh, your PlayStation Plus is for re- renewal, but oh. I, I can't automatically do it because there seems to be a problem with your payment details. Yeah. I'm pretty sure what the problem with my payment details are is I don't trust Sony after they got hacked anymore. Yes. So I've got it plugged up to go through PayPal, <laughs> and so it needs a password. <laughs> the problem with your payment details is I haven't given you any. Yeah. Yes. I don't trust you with them. So it gives me this question, a yes. dilemma, as yes. it was. Yes. Do I... Renew my PS Plus. Mm. This is, I will lose my entire library of old games on well, PS this, Plus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ordinarily, this is just, you know, do I carry on subbing or not type thing, which is a relatively minor question, and you just decide, well, do you like the game or not? Yes or no? Move yeah. on, whatever. But in this case, your PlayStation Plus status grants you access to, what, how many games you got on there now? Oh, it's... Every month they've been giving you, what, five or six games Yeah, yeah, it'll be access it, it, oodles. To, access to. But, now this is the thing, the I've not actually been playing the games. Well, yeah. I should probably make the effort to play the game. This is the big sort of carrot and stick type thing that goes on with the PlayStation Plus, which is different to the Microsoft one because you get to keep the games you're yeah. given with the Microsoft one. Yeah, with the Microsoft one, one you get with to the keep the PlayStation them. Plus sub thing that you're contemplating here. If you stop in yeah, nice games collection, shame if anything happened to yeah. it. Yeah, and I think the EA one, you lose them if you stop doing it, but um, it's just a library. This is so just you origin. sub to get access to the library. Yeah. So when There's... you resub, they're all back again. Yeah. Do you get them back if you go away and then come back to yeah. PlayStation? Yeah, you get Plus? the ones that you had, but you don't get the ones you would have unlocked in the missing months. Right, that seems well, that seems consistent. I think the whole the whole thing's a bit a bit um, blackmaily, yeah. to be honest. But okay, let, let, my problem is this. Let's look at the games for January, the okay. ones for the months just ended. You're right. Yep. Uh, Dead of the Tentacle remastered. Okay, well that's that's all right, but you could find that on GOG, the original. Also, I bought it when it came out on PS4. Right. Uh, this War of Mine, the little ones, fine, but I play this War of Mine on PC. Yeah. Blaze Rush on PS3. Yeah, can't be asked. My PS3 is off and is what probably is never turning on. Can't remember. It doesn't matter. <laughs> don't know, if you don't know what it is, you're probably not going to miss it. The Swindle. Uh, played that when it came out. Bought it. Played it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Asken 2, which is on Vita, which yeah, can't be asked. Yeah. Uh, Titan Souls on Do you do Vita. much with the Vita? Not Have anymore, no. Yeah, I've got one somewhere. I yeah. don't know where. By, by somewhere, it suggests that it's probably sitting gathering dusts for many months. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm just not that... <laughs> If I'm mobile gaming, I'm mobile gaming so on my phone. So, so basically, each month, at the moment, if there's any good games, they yeah. tend to be ones which I already own. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I, I've rectified that by I'm pretty much stopped buying games on PS4 now of the type which I think are going to come up on PS Plus. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in, by the time we finish recording, maybe, they will have put up the list of the new games that are coming out for February. Yeah. And I'm thinking, if that game, that list isn't that great, yeah, I might as well not bother wow, resubbing until a lot riding March. on that list. Yeah, but then I reckon every month a large chunk of their their PlayStation Plus customers are, are asking themselves this same question because yeah. subs run out when subs run out. So every month they have a real they got a real I, I, it would, needs to be good. When I was playing Destiny, yeah, uh, which I've stopped doing now, I w- did need it because I was doing the multiplayer. So you're doing your Destiny on your PS3? Well, on my PS4. All right, four. Yeah. But I don't. I'm not playing Destiny at the moment, so I don't need the multiplayer on PS4. So there's a whole month at least where I'm probably. Well, not that's the other thing, isn't it? Yes, there's the game collection, but also there's the you need the you, you need to be paying for this, otherwise multiplayer doesn't work on your platform. Which I think, frankly, is scandalous. It should be free. It but, should really uh, be free. Yeah. Same, then Xbox do the same thing. So do you use multiplayer on the, the PS4 much? No, Generally. only for one specific use, and mm, mm. that is currently happening on the Xbox. See, I mean, a part of me would would want to just not 
subscribe to this because I don't approve of the, the, the essentially blackmail that goes on with the whole the whole thing. I mean, the the Xbox One seems more wholesome. Keep the games afterwards. You know, you don't have to continue yeah. paying for access. Also, to them. it does have a better choice of games. It has. AAA games from the last generation, which well, PlayStation Four can't physically do. Uh, well, I mean, part of it's going to yeah, you're going to have to be weighing up the the attractiveness of Xbox exclusives versus PlayStation exclusives, and, and indeed PC available games as well. I don't imagine there's a lot that only shows up on the PC nowadays. But then you're not having to make that kind of choice when it comes to the PC because PC doesn't have anything like that anyway. It's you just PC is the PC. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and if I was to look at, you know, say, compare it with the Xbox One, because mm. that seems like a fair, uh, a fair uh, comparison. If yeah. I could just find that list yeah. uh, in February for uh, Xbox, uh, you get Force Unleashed. Already mm. own it. Project Cars, okay, fair enough. I think that's... Monkey Island Two. Game. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's a GOG classic, isn't it? That's yeah. that's, a, that's a whimsical nostalgia thing. You love us in the dangerous spaceline, which actually I want to play. So that's actually good. That one actually does make it worthwhile doing. But why don't you just buy that game? Because uh, I need the multiplayer as well. Uh, see, it's a multiplayer game, and I'll do it on PC. One. Uh, I could actually, yeah, I could. Play <laughs> yeah, I just the whole the whole PS. I mean, I've been listening to you talk about the PS Plus for a long time, and and it's, the whole thing's always sort of vaguely smelt of blackmail to me. Yeah. And, and I just don't think I'd approve of that. I wouldn't want to sub up for it because it, it's just not a practice I approve of. I think the Xbox One seems more wholesome, but I still resent the idea. I mean, I used to have Xbox Gold, but then I, my my account got hacked or something, and yeah, there was that those non- Xbox are still ava- open by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that nonsense with the fantasy football card from FIFA 17 or whatever apparently they have the same format every time and apparently if you just phone up EA and say I've lost my password they'll tell you and somehow they'll tell you your Xbox Live password so anyway that was a nightmare that I've talked about before but um, uh, that just put me off the whole thing entirely so I've got an Xbox Silver account possibly um, and I never even turned the machine on except to play DVDs now because it currently happens to be my my actual DVD player you really should get a Blu-ray player I should probably just get and an HDTV I'll just buy a DVD player for like 20 quid in Tesco's or something I haven't got HDTV so there's no point getting a Blu-ray player you really are behind the times I'm quite behind the time, but then I never watch telly anyway yeah that's true yeah. I, my, my, my sole entertainment comes from my PC which is of a very high quality indeed thank you yeah so uh, yeah it has all the resolutions all of this all of this 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 whole agonising is, is somewhat <laughs> over my head to be honest yeah. but if I were giving you advice I would say don't sub to it yeah that's, that's what I'm thinking I, I would I'm, say just buy the games that you yeah. like that are coming up anyway and as for the multiplayer well, well I no, don't know that's, your, that's if, up to you if you need the, the, that or not there, there is is a point where it does uh, tip over and mm. the number of games that you want to buy per year is more expensive than the ones you get for free. Yeah, but you buy every game all the time anyway, no, I don't mostly. Mm. No, I stopped. So I well, if, that's even them. worse then. If you're if you're reaching a point in your life where you're just not that interested in games much anymore, then, then this is clearly not <laughs> worth having. It, you know, any more than buying every game that comes out is yeah. not worth doing either. Yeah, so uh, on, the next, I don't know. on the next show, basically, I'm going to say yeah. whether or not I did ch- actually renew it. If, if the February games are good enough and I renewed is it. Is that what it's on then, really? Is yeah. It? Mm. But then it's just something have... I want to play, basically. And what's the renewal period? Is that 12 months each time, or can you buy it monthly? I can do it, can monthly. You pay it monthly. I can do it monthly. That but... might be the way. Just yeah. put, switch to monthly, and then the first month they give you a crap load of games that are no good. Do you just drop them like a hot potato? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you so, don't owe them anything. No, oh, they're, they're here to serve us. Games companies are here to serve us, yeah. not us them. So yeah, they're basically, I don't know. I would say don't sub and just buy the games you like. Yeah. But you know, it's, I, I would, it's up to you. Your call, really. I would drop Xbox Live, but we're about to start playing through Halo uh, this week, so uh, I can't. 
Because I want to play Halo. In any event, all I, the Halos, I would absolutely... All of them. Co-op I would fantastic. absolutely not say play, pay for this stuff 12 months at a time either. That's a, that's a terrible idea. Always pay monthly. I know, yeah, it costs you a bit more in the long run, but you can stop at any time at that, with, yeah. with that system. It's the same with lifetime MMO subs, but that's a whole other rent for another time, I'm sure. I, I, I don't use any of my lifetime MMO subs. No, no, quite. I got my money's worth from them all. I played way more Lotro than you, and I was paying monthly. Yeah, if I got more, <laughs> I paid less for my lifetime sub than the month I played. I paid way more Star Trek Online than you, and no, again, I was monthly. yeah, I, I, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In your specific case, don't buy lifetime subs for God's sake. No, I don't. Anymore. I don't your interest is anymore. your interest is is five months tops. No one plays MMOs anymore, so I don't bother. <laughs> well, no one pays for MMOs yeah. anymore, certainly. MMOs died a while ago, and they just don't make them, and nobody talks about them. Fair enough. I. I, I can't, I'm too tired. I, I really can't back that up. Yeah, but I'm too tired to argue with you yeah. at the moment, so you win. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, that's a little rant instead of me talking <laughs> about a, a free-to-play mobile game, which uh, annoyed me. I found an M- I found a mobile game I like, but I'm oh. not going to talk about it. I'm going to save it so I can look knowledgeable on a future show. Oh. Mm, yeah. I wonder what it is. Mm. I will probably find out in the pub. I probably already tweeted it into the Slack group thing. But anyway. Do your spiel. Hey, you can go on to HannibalTime.com where you can find our previous episodes. And if you can find the beta version, you can find that too. And, and then you'll be scared about my graphic design skills. You can uh, subscribe to uh, upcoming episodes on our RSS feed, uh, listen to all the old shows, uh, go on to the video uh, uh, channel on YouTube and see all the video-y stuff. Excellent. And... Uh, also, watch Regrowth, which may well be about to end. Oh, we're getting so close now. We are. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, so there you go. With that, we'll see you next time. Goodbye.